Life Audio. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the podcast. My name is Caden Fabrizio. And uh, once a month, we release a episode on the podcast that is a live message from one of our Yona Knights. Um, this message you're about to listen to is titled, But If You Are Afraid. And I preached it May 12th uh, at Yona Night 3. And uh, I'm just excited for you to hear it, to be encouraged by it. Um, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, welcome. I hope you enjoy this new thing we're doing. And if this is your first time to the podcast... Um, because you just wanted to listen to a sermon, welcome. I hope you're encouraged by this sermon. Um, just know that there are tons of other episodes and messages available here at Questions with Caden where you can get answers to faith questions as well as be encouraged by um, relevant messages. So I uh, just wanted to say thanks for your support. I hope you were encouraged by this episode and this message. And uh, if you are, be sure to share it with a friend. All right, let's jump into this thing. Hey, I'm really excited to preach tonight. I, uh, if you were with me, with us last month, you heard me preach a message that I titled, It's Time to Get Up. And the second I left and I was in the car, I heard God give me the message for this month. And I'm really excited to preach it. The thing you need to know is I typed it up. I was ready to preach it. And Wednesday night, God was like, delete that thing. It's not it. And so I deleted my entire message less than 48 hours ago. Praise God. But God showed me something else that I'm excited for you guys to see. Do you have your Bibles? Oh, we got some Bibles. Come on. Hey, turn with me to Judges chapter 7. You're allowed to use your phone or Google it. It doesn't make you less holy. I had a friend ask me the other day. He's like, can I Google verses? I'm like, yeah. I don't think you're going to get to heaven. And God's like, you know that one time you're anxious and you Googled best Bible verses when you're anxious? That disqualifies you. Like, he's like, dude, do what you got to do to get in the word. So we're going to be in Judges chapter 7 today. Before I jump in, I'm going to tell you this every single time. I need help from every single one of you. I'm not going to preach alone. This is a unity thing, so I need you to talk back to me. If God is speaking to you, if you're being encouraged, give me a hallelujah. Give me an amen. Give me something. I preached at a church one time, and while I was doing this, there was somebody in the front row, and he screamed, preach it, white boy. Swear. I swear on my life he said that. So whatever you have to do, you can do it. I, just let's do it together. How's that sound? Come on. Hey, I believe the more we lean in, the more we can take out of what we're doing tonight, okay? All right. Judges chapter 7. Buckle up. We got a lot of reading to do. But before we do, you need to know something about this passage. We're reading about the story of Gideon tonight. Come on. Gideon was an Israelite. And in in, in the previous chapters of this uh, book about the story about Gideon, God comes to Gideon and says, Hey, Gideon, I need you to fight the Midianite army. See, the Midianites had been oppressing the Israelite people for seven years. And the Bible explains the oppression as a brutal oppression. Didn't let them eat. Didn't let them sleep. Took their houses and their homes. They had been oppressed for seven years. 
So God comes to Gideon and he says, Gideon, I need you to fight the army. So after some testing and after Gideon basically being like, no, kind of like Jonah, like last month, Gideon finally agrees to go and fight the Midianites. So he amasses an army of 32,000 soldiers. But it's not enough. See, the, the Bible explains that the Midianite army was an army that was so big, it was like grains of sand on a seashore. It was too numerous to count. It was like swarms of wild locusts. Many Bible scholars and theologians, they think that it was upwards of 150,000 men ready to fight at all times. And Gideon had 32,000. So Gideon camps with his army out of obedience, goes to God, says, here's my army. And God says, it's too many. So he goes, everybody that's afraid, tell them to go home. The Bible says 22,000 of them leave. So Gideon's left with an army of 10,000 to fight an army of 150,000. And that's where we're going to pick up the story today. Judges chapter 7, verse 4. I want you to buckle up. We got a lot of reading to do. But let me be honest. This is the word of God. Nothing I can say. No joke I can make. And no little illustration I can make up is more powerful than what I'm about to read in the word of God. So buckle up. He's about to teach y'all double-edged sword. Verse four, but the Lord told Gideon, there's still too many. He's talking about the 10,000. There's still too many. He says, bring them down to the spring and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. Somebody say, go home. So Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home, but he kept the 300 men with him. The Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. That night the Lord said, get up. Somebody say, get up. Does that sound familiar? Go down into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack... Go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Pura and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. I want to preach a message tonight that I've titled, But If You Are Afraid. Would you guys pray with me? Lord, I just pray that you would speak tonight, Jesus. You know why we're here. I pray that you would, your voice would speak to every single heart in this room, God. Would you encourage the ones that would say, but if you are afraid. It's in your name we pray. Amen. See, Gideon listened to God and took his 10,000 warriors and prepared them for battle. 
But then God took his 10,000 and turned it to 300. And what I want to present to you tonight is that Gideon was afraid. You want to know how I know he was afraid? Down here in verse 10, it says, But if you're afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. The next verse says, So Gideon took Pura and went down. God goes, yeah, you can fight them. But if you're afraid, go ahead and do this. And so Gideon does it, proving that Gideon was afraid. Duh. 300 versus 150,000. That's like this room trying to fight 150,000 elite warriors. He's outnumbered. And he knows it. But I want to present tonight that the reason that Gideon was afraid is because Gideon was living in a spirit of lack. Gideon had stepped into a mindset that I don't have enough. He started to believe and allow this mindset to lead him into living in a state of being afraid. Yeah. 300 men versus 150,000. It's not winning odds. I don't know if any of you gamble. I hope you don't. Unless you win, you know. (laughs) Then tithe. (laughs) It's not winning odds. God had taken two-thirds, more than two-thirds of this army and depleted it. But I want you to look at how God did it. There's significance in how God took Gideon's army from 10,000 to 300. I want you to watch this. It says in the Bible that God said, okay, Gideon, you have 10,000 and it's too many. So separate them into two groups. The group that gets down on their knees and drinks water, like laps it up with their mouse in the stream, send them home. But the ones that will bring water to their mouths, keep them. And what's interesting is there's a lot of biblical scholars and there's a lot of theologians that will argue that the 300 men that brought water to their mouths were actually the most elite warriors because they were ready at all times looking to the horizon. However, the other half of theologians almost split down the aisle would say, no, 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 no. The ones that got down on their knees and lapped up like, do- like dogs had their hands ready for their swords and were more ready for battle. So either God left Gideon with the best or he left Gideon with the worst. But I think it doesn't matter. Because I don't think God said, Gideon, I need you to fight the the Midianite army because you have enough to do it. I don't think God really wanted Gideon to fight the battle at all. I think God wanted Gideon to know that he may not have enough, but God does. Come on, somebody. I don't know what you think you do not have enough of, but can I tell you, you do not need it if you have God. You can have the talent. You can have all the schooling. You can have the right relationship. You could have grown up in a better family. You could have done all of the right things. You could have the most charisma. You can make the the best jokes. You could have the most friends. But let me tell you, none of it is enough for what God is calling and asking you to do. It's time to get up. But if you are afraid, you should be. You don't have enough. 
Like, wow, that's harsh, Cade. That's a tough sermon. No, it's not. Because I don't know about you, but I would rather have God than anything this world wants to call good. I would rather have God than anything this world wants to promise could, could give me success. I would rather walk into battle with 300, but the God who created the universe, who knows my name, who knows the hairs on my head, who's called me loved, who's called me graced, who's called me enough. Come on, somebody. I would rather have him than 32,000. And this is the part that is super interesting to me all interesting to me. Don't you think Gideon would know that? God comes to Gideon and he says to him, I want you to do this, clear as day. And multiple times in this scripture, twice we read, in the seven verses that we read, we read a promise from God to Gideon. Twice, God says, I have given you victory over the Midianites. Not, I will give you victory over the Midianites. Not, um, it's coming in the future. It's already been done. And somebody needs to hear tonight, I told you it's time to get up. It's time for this generation to say enough's enough. It's time for this generation to say, I'll do whatever God says to do. I'll trust him with whatever I have. And it's time for us to say, God has enough. I don't need three, I don't need, I don't need 30,000. I'll take the 300. I'll take the 15. I'll take the no money. I'll take the bad rule. I'll take whatever it is. Give me God. I like his odds against 150,000 more than mine. Even with the adequate number. So we've established Gideon's afraid. For good reason. Like I don't, don't, don't like mishear me yet. Yeah, dude, like 300, 300 of them, 150,000. Like, I don't even think many of us in this room have seen 150,000. We go to Staples Center, and we're like, well, now it's crypto, RIP. We go there, and we go, man, there's a lot of people. It's 25,000. Not even a fifth of the army that Gideon's facing. So Gideon's afraid, obviously. And maybe you're sitting here tonight and you're going, listen, I heard a message last month. And if you weren't here, I'm going to give it to you again. I, I heard a message last month and I was told to get up and I was encouraged to get up and I wanted to get up. And then I left and I said, okay, I'll do what you tell me to do, God. And then yeah, Cade said, go tell that barista I love him. And then I got scared. And then I became fearful. And then I slipped right back in to the comfort coma that I was living in that promised me more success and comfort than stepping out into the calling that God's asked me to do. And I'm talking both the calling that God's placed corporately on, on, on the body of Christ and your individual calling. There's a calling corporately to go tell people about Jesus. I'm just don't have an evangelist spirit. No, you're afraid. This, this, this call that I'm trying to give you guys is to understand what happens when God can raise a generation or a few people who are willing to go fight a battle that they think is they're going to lose at and go let God do it. So what does Gideon do when he's afraid? I want, I want us to study this. I want us to watch this. God says to Gideon, my page turned, not today, devil. 
He said to Gideon, if you're afraid, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. And the next verse says, so Gideon went down to the camp. When you're afraid, go anyway. What did Gideon do? Did Gideon freeze in fear? Did Gideon go, you know what? I'm just going to pray about it a little bit more. I just feel like it wasn't like clear enough to me. I'm just going to like, you know, just wait for God to align the moon and the stars and do that like blood moon thing again. And then when he does that thing again, I'll know it's my signal to go. Does he wait? I'll wait out the Midianites. No, they don't have another seven years of this in them. No way. No way. No, when Gideon's afraid, what does he do? He goes. But if you are afraid, go anyway. Because I want you to see what happens when, when Gideon goes. When Gideon goes, he's exercising what we call obedience. And it's actually his obedience that helps him overcome his fear. You're going, what's the solution? What's the solution to, you know, maybe if uh, God wanted me to witness to this guy, he just would give me like some more courage bubble up in me real quick and it would just like really just come out of me really quickly. Maybe God wants to teach you how to beat that yourself. So go anyway. I want you to see this. Gideon went down to the enemy camp. And what happens when he goes down to the enemy camp is he's obedient. And we go, okay, I'm going to be obedient, but I'm just waiting on God. It's the most obedient thing to do to just sit here and wait. What if God's waiting on you? What if last month I said it's time to get up, and you said, yeah, bet, and then you went home, and God's like, go do it. And you're like, I'm going to wait a little longer. God's waiting for you. Ecclesiastes 11, 4 through 5 says, farmers who wait for perfect weather, they never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, or maybe you can't understand why the relationship fell apart, or maybe you can't understand why God's called you to quit your job, or why God called you across the country, or why God told you to step out in faith, or why God told you to do, I can go for days. You cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. You're waiting on God And God's waiting on you. Because your claim to God is, I'm afraid, God, would you do something about this? And God's saying, I told you to go, and your obedience is going to unlock the solution to beat your fear. Listen, I believe there's a time to wait on God. Don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But when God tells you to go, that's not the time. When God asked me to do this, I was terrified. We had no money. I didn't even know who to talk to about it. I was going, I have this idea that God's given me this vision and I see it going crazy. I don't know, what do I do about it? And I'm not the perfect person, but I went anyway. And I said, God, okay, I'll take a step and I'll be obedient and I'm afraid. And guess what? Every step I took, I got less and less scared. Why? Because I saw more and more of God move. Sometimes you're so far away from God waiting for him to do something. He just says, why don't you come up and get a little closer to me? Why don't you beat the fear and get closer so I can show you what I want to do in your life? 
but you got to go. So Gideon, he goes. And the Bible says that Gideon, when he goes down to the Midianite camp, he hears what they say about him and it encourages him. I wonder what would happen if you could hear how the enemy talked about you. Not talked to you, talked about you. I wonder if you could spy on hell for a second and hear how terrified he is, how scared he is, if you would just reach your potential, if you would trust God enough, if you would get up and go. The devil doesn't even want you to get started because he knows God's going to win the battle for you anyway. So he makes you be afraid and he torments you with depression and anxiety and he cripples you in fear and he tells you you're just going to lose. But what he's telling his demons, what he's telling other, what the, his, his, dark, his army of darkness, he's going, we got to get this guy. We got to get this girl because if, if they go, it's over for us. If they go, yeah, they think they only have 300, but they have more than enough to conquer an army, to start a business, to start revival, come on, to change their workplace, to change their school, to change their family. Come on. They have more than enough to change the trajectory of the state of California. So they better stay scared. So Gideon goes and he gets encouraged. And some of you are going, God, I'm, I'm so afraid and I'm praying for encouragement, and I'm asking you to move in my life, and I'm begging you to do something, and I'm saying, God, would you just give me encouragement? And God's saying, it's on the other side of your obedience. I can't encourage you when you sit at home. I can't encourage you when you sit in fear. I can't encourage you when you don't let me in because you want to listen to the voices of depression and anxiety more than you want to listen to the peace of Jesus. So Gideon goes, and his obedience produces the opportunity to be encouraged. You don't know what your obedience does, because you haven't done it. And if you have done it, I'm proud of you. Do it again. God said, start Yonah, and I did. I took a step, and then he said, do it again. And I did it again. And then he said, do it again. And I did it again. And he's saying, do it again. Because you don't know what's coming and what God is doing until you actually go and do it. I don't know what God wants for my life. He wants obedience. I don't know why God just won't unlock the, open the door and lock the next thing. I don't know why this won't happen. Because you haven't partnered with him. This is the crazy thing about a God who can, who can knit the universe together, who can knit you together, who can create a purpose for your life. He still wants to partner with you in what it is. And we don't do our part. Because I'm afraid. I was laying in bed last night. And you don't know this because you don't see the inside and outs of Yona. Two-thirds of our team is gone. We, they are either out because of some, Jacob had surgery, Sammy's at a conference, some other things happened. Two-thirds of our team is out. And 
uh, truthfully, finances have been tight for this one. So I was laying in bed last night and I was going, God, I don't know, man. I just think I need enough. And God said, but if you're afraid, no, you don't need enough. You just need me. It's okay to be afraid. I'm not saying you're not going to be. Actually, if you're not afraid, it's not big enough. If you're not afraid, the devil's not afraid. And that's interesting because that can be as little as telling a barista about Jesus. That's not a big deal. Stop making it a big deal. So Gideon's afraid, and it's okay. And then he's obedient. And then he gets encouraged because he can hear what the enemy is talking about him. So then he goes, all right, God, I'm finally ready to fight. I'm finally ready to go after this thing. I'm ready to do what you need me to do. I'm sharpening my sword. I'm getting my army. We're going to be great. And he goes, I'm ready to fight. And God goes, good, you don't need to. Turn with me. Judges 7, verse 22. It should be up here. Let's do a joint read. Don't repeat after me, though. Gets culty. <laughs> like, we all think it. You know what I mean? Like, we all, like, like, we all think it when we're at church. It's like, we're reading it together, and it's like, oh, my God, this feels so weird. Like, if somebody came in that wasn't a believer and just walks in, and we're like, and the Lord said, fear me, and you will. You're like, I'm coming back next week. <laughs> all right, here we go. Judges seven twenty two. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns... The Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their own swords. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Gideon didn't even have to draw his sword. And you're sitting here looking at God, saying, God, I don't have enough. I don't know what to do. I don't know. 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 And God's going, it's not about you. God said, this story's not about Gideon. It's about God. Gideon didn't need to beat an army. God was already going to do it. Gideon didn't need a sword. God was already going to do it. You don't need to beat depression. You don't need to beat anxiety. You don't need to beat the Bible into people's heads. God's going to do it when you are obedient. And he's ready. But I want you to see what happened with Gideon. Because truthfully... Gideon did nothing in this whole story. He literally didn't do anything. He sat there. Actually, it's bad leadership. He passively watched his whole army leave him. Only like leaders got it. You're all leaders. Gideon didn't do a thing. Band, come join me. Gideon didn't do anything in this story. God did. All God needed Gideon to do was conquer his fear so that God could conquer the Midianites. Do you see the equation? Conquer your fear so God can do the rest. Get up and go so God can do the rest. But if I'm afraid, go anyway so God can do. Come on, somebody, if you believe it, God can do the rest. You're mighty quiet. And Gideon goes, 
and he blows a ram's horn, which again is nothing. Like we're giving him credit. And what happens is Gideon doesn't go and take anything. We read Gideon, the story of Gideon, and we say, yeah, Gideon went with his 300 and he took the land and he beat the Midianites. Gideon didn't take anything. He just went and received what was already his. This is a kingdom principle that doesn't happen in the rest of the world. The rest of the world says you want something, go get it. Even if you gotta step on somebody, even if you gotta talk bad about somebody, even if you gotta kill every dream inside you and your own conscience, do whatever you gotta do to get what you deserve. And in the kingdom, God goes, no. Just be obedient and step into what I have already given you. It's already yours. And each of you right now are thinking about a dream or you're thinking about a promise or you're thinking about something that God has spoken over your life that you have given up on because you let fear tell you that it's never going to happen for your life because you're not brave enough to take it because you're not brave enough to storm the Midianites because you're not a good enough fighter because you're not a good enough speaker and God's going, no, it's already yours and you don't do anything except accept it. just requires this small thing called faith. The Bible says that you could have faith as small as a mustard seed and you could look at a mountain and you could cast it into the ocean because it's not the size of your faith that matters. It's who your faith is in. And that's the story. Come on. That's the story of Gideon. The story is not about Gideon and your story is not about you. What did Gideon do? He conquered an army for who? The Israelites. Not for himself. And you think that you got to step out so you look good? You got to step out because somebody's soul is on the line. You got to step out because somebody is on the verge of never meeting Jesus, of possibly even killing themselves. But I'm afraid. And God goes, but I'm God. There's two instances of fear in this scripture. The first one, is when God tells Gideon's army, if you're afraid, you can go home. And the second is God tells Gideon, if you're afraid, you can go. And there's two options in your life. There's option one, if you're afraid, quit. If you're afraid, give up. If you're afraid, throw in the towel. If you're afraid, go home. If you're afraid, listen to the lies that people have cast on you. If you're afraid, let depression run your life. If you're afraid, let addiction run your life. If you're afraid, quit. 
then there's option two. And option two is if you're afraid, go anyway. If you're afraid, God, send me. If you're afraid, come on, stand to your feet. Come on, stand everywhere in this room. Stand to your feet. If you're afraid, God, I'll do whatever you say. If you're afraid, I'll go the extra mile. If I'm afraid, I'll go to the enemy camp. If I'm afraid, I'll even be obedient. Deuteronomy 31.6, it says, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic before them. For the Lord, your God, will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Come on, somebody. I know a God, a Savior, who took it all on the cross. He said, you don't need anything else. And just receive what I've given you. I'll win the battle. I'll win the war. I'll fight the Midianites. I just need you to be willing to say, would you send me even if I'm afraid God fights my battles. I was sharing this story with this message with Jacob. If you don't know Jacob, he's the extremely pretty guy who usually sings. Jawline is like chiseled from the stones of David. And I was telling him this story and Jacob shared a story with me. He said, he said, one time this guy told me that he was on a flight and they were, he was flying to his destination. I don't know where, let's say Cabo. He was flying to Cabo and he said that they were experiencing extreme turbulence, more turbulence than he had ever experienced. He was a He was a veteran flyer. He was an experienced flyer, but he was so terrified by this turbulence, he thought he was going to die. And he said that everybody in the plane was terrified. He said the anxiety in the plane was through the roof. People were screaming. And he looked to his left, and there was a little boy playing on his Nintendo Switch. They went through three or four bouts of this turbulence. And while this grown man feared for his life, a little boy sat with Super Mario in peace. So as they're beginning to land, the man said, I just got to figure this out. And he tapped the little boy on the shoulder and he goes, hey man, why were you not afraid? That was really bad turbulence. And the kid like had his headphones on. He's like, huh? You know that, like that plane and that gym thing? Hey man, you using that? What? And the little boy goes, oh no, no, my dad's flying the plane, we're good. My dad's flying the plane. We're good. I don't know what war you got to get into. I don't know what God's calling you to. I don't know if you have 300 or five. I just know you have God and he is flying the plane. Whatever you need, it's done. Whatever you're afraid of, it's gone. When you call on the name of Jesus, when you call on the name of Jesus, when you call on the name of Jesus, hell has to bow. Fear has to leave. Depression has to cease. Anxiety must go. Peace must come. When you call on the name of Jesus, Is there anybody here that would just scream, Jesus? Come on, let's worship. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the message. I do want to just say this. Um, If you are a young adult in the Southern California area, we are having our next Yona night, June 2nd. That is in a week. 
and I cannot wait for you guys to be there. We've got some friends from Free Chapel, Orange County, coming to lead worship, and it's going to be an amazing night. I'm really excited. This is your formal invitation. Don't act like you've never been invited. Don't act like you've never heard about it. You heard about it. You just listened to a whole message about it. And now I want to see you in the room. So if you want to come, hang, I'll be there. My whole team will be there. And we're going to have a great, great, great night. And we're expectant that God's going to move. Hey, I'm praying this message encouraged you. And that this week you would go with the mindset that if I'm afraid, I don't need to be because God's fighting my battles. I love y'all. Catch you next Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.